Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You are on Community Radio 3CR. This is the Spoken Word Program, and I am George O'Hara, and today we have a live recording from the Dan O'Connell Hotel with the feature poet, Lauren Steinberg. Lauren's poetry can be observational, personal, and is often written as a sort of interior monologue, sometimes dialogue. She has been writing on and off for most of her life, focusing primarily on poetry for the last three years. The fascinating thing that is poetry and the poetry community has kept her interest ever since. She printed off a short zine in 2013 called Stuff I Wrote and has featured at poetry readings in Melbourne and Adelaide where she grew up. A new zine should be coming out any month now. Her poem Mood Swings was published in 2014 in page 17, issue 11 coming second in the poetry competition and earning exciting, actual money. She collects odd facts and long words that are rarely ever useful and is learning to play the cello. She loves living in Melbourne, particularly Footscray, and was easier to recognise when she still had blue hair. So, let's have a listen to Lauren. start with the Adelaide poem um, that Myron liked a year or so ago and then do another Adelaide poem because I have two and I figured you know, I'll do the one that's not really offensive first. Um, I did the second one's apologies to Adelaide. Um, <laughs> this one's Dry Creek. Where I grew up there was knee-high grass poking up around cars held up by bricks in every third front yard. There were sheep down the hill, stables down the creek and an electric fence we used to poke with a stick or a piece of dead grass on a dare or a whim, I had an older brother and I had to impress him. Or his friends, if I could, or I'd go off on my own, it was so overgrown. I climbed and discovered, like I'd found my own forest, of peppercorn trees and old shopping trolleys. One adult to half a dozen kids to get to the creek and avoid the torn rope swing over a few inches of water in a very dry creek. They'd pull the ropes down, but they'd be back the next week. We slipped on sharp rocks covered in slime and caught yabbies and tadpoles and we took them all home in the occasional deep patch of water at nearly four feet. My cousin and I once tried to go swimming. She got bit by a leech and I started screaming. And the first crush I had dared me to jump it in a month with high rainfall and because I liked him I tried it. I didn't quite make it. One leg drenched and the rest of me wet with the rain. I was 13 and stupid and five seconds later I'd have done it again. My shoes squelched when I walked for the rest of the day, but something about jumping had made me feel brave. We had an old quarry out the back of the jail and a blacksmith's in ruins and an old powder house between the creek and the sheep field, still graffiti decked out, now they've become tourist sites. And now when I visit, everything's changed. My initials are gone with the trees that I climbed, and the kids play on iPads and they don't go outside. And this Christmas they got their first water balloons and we laughed at the thought of the trouble we got in, for the wars we never had and the battles we never fought in. And I wondered if they'd play similar games, stop behind balloons in preparation. We tried to dig tunnels and ended up with holes, from the cubby house to the above ground pool. 
We littered the yard with balloons, guns and soldiers, ran barefoot in grass over three-corner jacks and bindi yards. You can't be a wuss, you just throw them aside for the next set of wandering bare feet to find. And I look at the kids now and I don't think they know. The fun of the dirt, the weeds and the mess. The anticipation and excitement of growing just old enough to walk outside alone. But the horses are gone and there's houses where the sheep were. And there's a vacant lot where our first house was. It looks too small to ever have held us. And the creek's been revamped to have wide paths and more bridges. It's not overgrown now. There's picnic tables and benches. It might still have tadpoles, though the lawns are all mowed, the car wrecks all gone. Now the kids at the school probably don't break their arms, falling from trees or scraping their knees up and down badly paved streets. And it's probably a good thing that no one gets hurt now. And when the holidays end, they all have new gadgets. And I remember some kids where I went to school came in missing teeth or with arms kept in slings from falling off skateboards and bikes, and when I crashed on mine, no one believed it. Half my face scraped because I couldn't tell the bell from the handbrake. When I confessed, they all bought it, and they laughed for weeks, yelling ding-ding whenever they saw me. And I bet life is much safer, and life is much cleaner, and the kids now are wiser talking YouTube and Minecraft. Bad music, worse comedy at the old age of nine, but I worry for them. I know the feeling of mud between my toes, and I'm grateful that it was how I was grown. The bruises hard one that I wore with pride and the grazes decorated in iodine. And while the councils might say they've improved local lives, I find myself thinking they've just been sanitized. <laughs> Something happens when I go to Adelaide. I get angry. My opinions become loud and vitriolic. I offend people. I get into arguments with complete strangers and for no reason I can really see some of those same strangers ask me to dinner, giving me lines about how I must be more intelligent than most people, how rare they believe this to be, their rehearsed words suggest they also hope that I'm naive. I met a girl who asked me if I believed in energies. I wanted to be polite. She was so tiny and pixie-like. I said, to an extent, thinking magnetism's a favourite. She goes on to say she sees colours inside people when she meditates. I don't say I get migraines too, or point out her regular intake of mushrooms. I'm trying to be careful, feel a surge of something, but it isn't mystical, it's a combination of endorphins and alcohol. I'm trying to steer clear of religion here, and pushing the new age to me is the same to me as knocking on the door and asking about Jesus. Insert City of Church's reference here. No, I don't believe, and at least the door knockers leave. People I like are saying there's freedom in understanding cosmically that you're one aspect of many energies while totally chaotically changing at an undetectable rate. You're only appearing to stay the same. And at the same time, they also believe that your personality is preordained by astrology. Or your birth date added to your name. That's maths, that is. Very scientific. Very exact. It's not like names are arbitrary. I say nothing, still gritting my teeth and trying not to pick on innocent hippies when the next person asks me what I do. When I say poetry, he asks me what I stand for. I ask for clarification. He tells me I've sold out, copped out, and clearly know nothing. This starts an argument that escalates so quickly, a random young man attempts rescue by pretending he knows me. He declares he's totally gay and non-threatening. I think he's very sweet, but I'm in Adelaide and I'm shouting. <laughs> Such a small thing, this change in me. I can't trace it back to any particular moment or choice, but in terms of place, I didn't change in Adelaide. Not really. I just got angry. What sort of person holds a grudge against an entire city? I went to a pub and asked for a pot. And in between the strange looks and corrections, I remembered asking for a pint the first time in Melbourne and getting confused by the size of it. Giving up and spending at least a month ordering beer in big and little. It's been so long since I liked this city. 
It's not my home, and in the few years I've been gone, I and my old friends have changed so much we struggle to speak freely, offending each other unintentionally. The words we use infer the wrong things when we speak. Every explanation just escalates the misunderstandings and we become stilted and awkward. Walking down old roads to see the most obvious changes, the filled in potholes, and the same supposed to be buried memories are still haunting these streets like nothing's happened. But the building my dad had his first job in has been replaced, and the cafe I worked at when I was 16 has become a bar where people read poetry. It still smells the same, and I drink there remembering. Emptying ashtrays a few dozen times a day and topping up the coffee and cream, we used to put tiny teddies on the side of the saucers, and I once stayed there all night and slept on the floor. It was filthy. And in between the nostalgia and memories of small adventures, I still don't like it here. When I catch the plane home, it doesn't feel like leaving. It feels like escape, like I've gotten away with getting away. I don't see the real Adelaide. It's stained by all the wrong memories. And I'm pretty sure, since this last visit, I owe Adelaide an apology. Um, sorry. <laughs> Uh, this one's the one that won money. Um, mood swings. You fall like a slinky tumbling artfully down the stairs, hitting the floor and springing for the ceiling, full of ballistic glitter, which never happens but should. You fall like a slow dancer's clothes on a hot night to a dark room, drift downwards. You fall like a large flat leaf on a cold day in a spinning zephyr, not quite hovering. You fall like a damp towel around a wet waist when you think you're alone to let gravity peel it away. You fall like everything falls, and then you fly. You fly like nothing. This one's called Roulette. I asked for self-control and they took 30% of all my feelings. Here's your chance. I keep waiting for something to break. My joints click when I move. There is a hollow place where their pills sit vaporizing slowly. I think they are deleting me. Chemicals for a factory reset, it's all in the small print and the side effects. Here's your chance. I ask for this and can't give it back. I sit still and feel myself fall forwards, but emotionless. The floor is as distant as it ever was, and this feeling isn't gravity. Here's your chance. I am not myself today, and this goes back further than now, begging the question of whose self I am. Perhaps I belong to the pharmacy. Here's your chance. Everything tastes of dust. Fine grains you can't see, nothing you can touch, but still it is coating me. I keep washing my mouth out and brushing my teeth. Here's your chance. I miss myself in the mirror. Watch the reflection for that flicker of recognition. I must be in there somewhere. Here's your chance. I gambled and the wheel just keeps spinning. Nobody breathes. Here's your chance. These two are connected, um, they're my snow globe poems. The first one's Swallow the Desert at Night and the next one's Becoming the Wind in the Desert. Hold still, so still. If you hold still enough, the world might stop screaming. It might pass you by. 
like crawling through barbed wire, but it moves around you, and you are stillness personified, inside and out. Hold your breath. Move mindfully. When you get scratched and scraped and rust leaves stains and flakes upon your clothes and skin don't make a sound. Shift each limb like a calculated progression of portraits, imperceptibly going from one position to the next, unnoticed. Carry stillness within you. The barbed wire will move around you. Don't breathe, too much or too loudly. The world won't take note. The faster you go, the clumsier you'll be. Just hold stillness inside you. Go slowly, before you hurt yourself, before you hurt someone else. Hold still before they see you. I have a desert for you. There is no wind. It is dark here. The sand was baked into glass in daylight and now reflects the stars at night. If it is anything other than empty, sand settled and compacted, you can't tell. Look closely. It is cold here. No cartoon cacti to break the monotony, a snow globe devoid of water of fake flakes falling. Turn this world upside down. Shake it all you like, nothing changes. Rust can't stain this. Look closely. Swallow this and hold still. I swallowed the desert at night, a snow globe with no water or so. The sand reflects the stars and wind begins to whisper over it. Stare at the grains of sand for long enough and I can watch the whispers move. I am becoming the wind in the desert, whispering endlessly. I return to myself only to find I left something behind. It sits in the desert and watches the sky. Now my thoughts scroll across darkness curving on glass and it wants the stars back. I fought myself for stillness inside of this snow globe and fought my way out, achieving nothing but a part of me stuck in between. The adult and the child in me arguing and no one wants responsibility. That thing in the desert lost makes no comment. It just sits watching. If the wind in the desert that is also me shifts enough grains aside, the landscape will be changed and to all but the watcher it will still look the same. Wind always starts from scratch but never stops blowing. Part of me gets bored with this, fights to do something constructive and gets pulled into that continuing argument between the adult and the child, but can't figure out now how to act responsibly, which act out of so many would come under that heading, says fuck it, and does anything, chooses randomly just to act decisively, is a step up from doing nothing. And the watcher in the desert sees the thoughts move across and intermingle with stars. I am always so far from myself. The wind and the watcher and the thought still scrolling, so distant from each other and so separate from the world. Every withdrawal leaves something behind, every movement is a withdrawal. So I long for just one moment, gather together all of these broken things to see if something new can be made from every part of me that hides and every part I've left behind. Try to create one new solid thing, grasp a handful of sand and it escapes through my fingers. This one's called Saying the Wrong Things, and a bit of an older one. You always said the wrong things. <coughs> Snarky, scathing, sarcastic girl, you always said the wrong things and cringed when the slap came. 
cringed and apologized or lashed out and kicked, still you said the wrong things and apologized every time, even when the wrong thing was right. He held you over the edge of the balcony, three floors up and laughing. You tried not to show fear. You tried not to cry or beg or piss yourself. His arms pretending to shake. You ought to lose some weight, just too heavy to be held out for that long. Three floors up and you can see the ground. It's a long way down. Your legs would break, your back maybe. You can't not calculate how badly hurt you're going to be when his hands slip, when he lets you free. In the end you caved and quivering begged. He brought you back in safely, carried you inside and said, as if I would have dropped you. I would never let you fall. How could you even think that? The longest time had passed, looking down, clinging to him, begging with a hitch in your voice. The longest time, and you apologized for thinking he'd drop you. Still shaking when he began to comfort you, you let him, there was no one else. That was just the start, before he even began to hit you. But it wasn't long. You always said the wrong thing and he'd hurt you until you stopped speaking. It was still funny to him to sometimes make you cringe. You tried to make him happy, but he'd hit you either way. Somewhere in that, you began to fade. And sometimes I still feel the blade. The day you died, but I survived. Somewhere between the you and the I, there was always a me. Between us and we. Like a phoenix expanding, imploding. Former self gone and still hearing the echoes. No one's going to hit me. I still say the wrong things. And sometimes I'm still sorry. But no one ever hits me. And I think, I hope, I'm pretty sure. No one's going to hit me anymore. And still, I wish I had less to apologize for. Um, so this is not a love poem kind of person. We have been reading poetry on and off for days, and on and off for days I have looked for inspiration a new rhythm to my thinking, a new thought, and I am stuck, like all these poets are stuck. They write morose lines and bicker for pages, beg God to exist or to stop. Shelves that could be summed up in one long, low moan to the tune of a dirge. Or they write of love, making me uncomfortable with the whole concept, not that I don't do it, it but it doesn't tremble like a lily in the breeze to me. It's just around. Offered cups of tea, help changing the sheets. I hate doing the pillowcases, he's bad at the quilt cover. Fine calls that last hours when separated by only a day we go over the details. Until my phone heats against my face and the battery needs recharging. This is not a euphemism, my phone is old. I don't fall in love. I don't see stars or flowers glistening with dew and like a swan landing in a lake or whatever they do. I stumble into it like a doorframe in the dark, when drunk and lean there, forehead to the wood. He counts my bruises with me and we laugh. Perhaps I am lacking in the right extremes. I can be as morbid as the next, but if they take that out of poetry, they leave love like it shines and sings, making glitter appear out of thin air and flowers follow people around, quivering, and juice drips off chins, and it is all euphemism. Does it break the rules to make a love poem out of offered cups of tea and clean sheets? This thing that's just around, like lint or weeds or that one coffee mug missed with the dishes. Maybe not quite as annoying, mostly just around, like things are around.
You are listening to 3CR Spoken Word, and that was a live recording of Lauren Steinberg. A quick word about some live poetry gigs in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel Carlton has poetry on every Saturday afternoon, and Passionate Tongues is at the Brunswick Hotel every second Monday night. Westward happens out at the Dancing Dog Cafe in Footscray, twice a month on Sunday afternoons. Voices in the Attic is run fortnightly on Tuesday evenings at Ferdidirk, levels 1 and 2, 239 Lonsdale Street, and House of Bricks on or near the last day of every month, run by our very own Santo Katsati, corner of Bud and Kill Streets, Collingwood. All these gigs have open mics if you'd like to try your hand at sharing your work with others, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, to find out more about the scene. And now we have a couple of short clips of Steve Smart and Randall Stevens live at Tago Mago. This isn't the whole gig because we don't have enough time today, but I will be playing the rest of their sets at a later date. First up, we have Steve Smart. Worst injury you have stood from an only almost safe distance. You have watched and not felt brave. You have understood that you do not understand this is not your comfortable home. There is no deadbolt to keep you from panic. But panic is no good here. You gotta look like you could break a jaw and wood. This is not easy for you to do. You are not scary except to people very much less scary than you are. You are the inner-city art-wanking, coffee-sipping, first-world, complaining about the price of anything, all the things you do not need, survival instinct dulled. You are all these things. Because nature picks its poets as it picks its battle-ready terror hurl as its aggressors and its aggressed. You are this because this is who you dreamed yourself to be. You are this. Because somewhere in your gene pool there is a sense of humour. You have stood here, only to later be warned you shouldn't have been standing here. You have felt your neck hairs bristle with a kind of electric elemental memory that lets fight or flight decide for you and not always with the good sense you might hope. And you know there are people who don't think much of your painted on nails, your painted on self-image. They don't assume you understand much, are only afraid of you as much as anyone fears the too familiar unfamiliar. It's a mental fear, not a physical one. And you have done nothing to prove you're not soft as a baby possum or a fresh wet turd. There are people here who know what it is to fight. You know only fighting yourself. Not considered the same planet of origin, you have not been conditioned to hit first Talk later, talk never hit again, again. You have not been bended into a shape that allows you to attack preemptively. Perhaps you are not weaker, merely a different creature, a parallel species. Still, your kind have survived, will always be needed. You may not be understood or even wanted, but you will continue your line. Marks you as dangerous still. You have always had an air of trouble, you poets. There have been bets on your survival, and you have laughed your way through plenty worse passageways of hell. Hi, it's me, your 
sitting on the couch while you play computer games. If you had invited anyone else, I'd have someone to talk to, at least. You said we were just going out, we were going out, you just had to finish a level. There was this crazy thing that you wanted to show me. It was sick, man. It was pretty cool. It was also five and a half hours ago. You're on your fifth level, your sixth bong. You've stopped speaking. You're very intense. There are monsters to be killed. Wow. World of Warcraft. I'd ask for a term, but it's not really that kind of game. We both know I'm crap. I'd wreck your progress. You'd have to go back to the last save. We'd never get out of here. We may still never get out of here. I've read the back of the box four times. I've read the TV guide twice. There's still nothing good on. I could watch a video, but I want to get off this couch, out of this room. I want to go out. You don't understand why chicks don't dig your need to sit around and not have a conversation. You don't understand that some of your friends also need communication. I break a chair over your head in my imagination. You don't notice. You're very busy killing monsters. The night grows later. The night grows later. The night grows later. I can't remember where the party was. I stand up. I say I'm leaving. You grunt. I walk out into the night. I wait for the monsters. But they're all busy inside your head. And now, let's listen to Randall Stevens live at Tago Mago. Hello. Positive and optimistic people seem to bring out the worst, most cynical attitude in me, instinctively. Black hat wearing, the Grinch, the cynic, the skeptic, dark cloud inside every silver lining like I'm the only one who can see the Emperor's wardrobe malfunctioning. Occurred to me recently that this may be because I am fundamentally a force for good. What I'm doing actually is trying to help the universe maintain an intrinsic sense of balance, a cosmological harmony and natural equilibrium within itself. Either that, or, or I'm just a bit of a cunt. <laughs> Sex hair. Somehow he'd never heard that phrase before she mentioned it. It caught him saying it over and over. Kid with a new toy, shiny, sex hair, sex hair, ha <laughs> sex hair. Yeah, I like sex hair. He writes down everything he likes. He likes to use everything he likes. He likes to show people what he writes himself into corners just to work phrases in to figure things out. And she didn't like the things he wrote. He could respect that poems are not good places to find yourself in. He sees the writing on the wall, but then again, he sees writing everywhere he looks. It's on the lamp, left on in the other room all night. Sees it in two whiskey glasses, abandoned on the floor, one 
not as empty. Sees it in the disturbed contents of an open drawer rummaged through bedside for material. Sees it in interrupted sleep in the evocative tangle in the sheets in the eyes of paper crumpled. Worse still is when he sees things to write about what is not there for others to read into. A disservice to wordless urges made worthless, sleep on it, absent-minded, while that writing on the wall reads, you know, some things you really just shouldn't share. He wasn't reading those words back, too preoccupied, waxing lyrical about sex hair. 3CR's Spoken Word is on every Thursday morning, 9 till 9.30, 855 on the AM dial and web streamed on www.3cr.org.au. We also do podcasts. So until next time, this is George O'Hara for 3CR Spoken Word.